Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Support for this episode comes from Modern Football Technology. Modern Football Technology provides real-time opponent tendencies and self-scout while eliminating manual data entry into Huddle, DV Sport, and Exos. If you're tired of tools that are time-consuming to learn and perform inconsistently at best, then we recommend Modern Football for a fresh perspective. Schedule a demo today at teammofo.com to see a battle-tested tool that's proven to perform and deliver value. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. And listen to our recent episode featuring Folsom High School Defensive Coordinator Jordan Ersick to learn more about how the 2023 California State Champion uses modern football to dominate their opponents. On today's episode from our archives, I talk about the third down plan that we utilized when I was at Baldwin-Wallace University. This was years in the making and I credit some of my direct resources at the end of the episode, but it was also the synthesis of a ton of clinics, videos, and books which contributed to this thought process for third down. I thought this would be a good one positioned right behind Ola Adams' defensive third down process which we shared yesterday. I did put together a course on coordinating an offense on CoachTube, which incorporates all of our situational thinking and planning methods, as well as plenty of tools to help you develop your offense. You can find that link in the show notes, which includes a 50% off code for our listeners. I've been fortunate to coach many successful teams over the years, so I'm excited to tell you about Signature Championship Rings a championship ring company who perfectly captures your winning season and fits your budget. Signature Champions specializes in fully customized rings for your high school and college teams, partnering with more than 10,000 teams across the country. What sets Signature Champions apart is the coach experience. The ring ordering process is streamlined and hassle-free with Signature Champions ensuring their coaches feel like MVPs every step of the way. Visit SignatureChampions.com slash podcast and get your team championship rings today. Use the code podcast to receive a free coach ring and ring box with your team's ring order. Link is in the show notes. And listen to our entire champion series presented by Signature Championship Rings to learn from state champion head coaches on how to take your program to the top. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
We're going to dig into my notebook again today, and the focus is going to be on third down. So throughout this season, we've been focused on different sections of the field. Today, we'll be in the open field and focusing on those downs that keep the chains moving. Now, ideally, you stay out of third down. That's a big way to be successful is you don't get into those third down situations. However, I think the biggest thing is to try to stay on schedule. So you get into third and manageable. And to me, third and manageable are those sections of your game plan that are going to cover those third and short and third and medium plays. But if you end up in situations longer than that, you're going to have to have a plan. And so today we're going to focus on each of those different sections and how I typically identify those. And I don't think it's anything different than what most coaches do. It might vary by a yard or two for each section, but but we're going to divide your, your game plan up into certain sections of this. So for us, we always start with the longest situations. I think those are sometimes the most difficult to plan. You might have to find some specific plays you already have in your game plan or potentially look at some things that are not in that initial base game plan you've put together. So third and long for me is going to be anything that is over 10 yards. I want to qualify that by saying I have a short section of the game plan focused on a couple plays that is third and extra long. So those actually go over 12 yards. And that's a very difficult situation. It's going to be one of those situations where you need to decide, do you want to take the risk of putting the ball in the air on a down where they typically know you're going to throw? They're either pressuring you to try to get a sack and even cause a turnover there with the quarterback or they're dropping into coverage to try to take the ball away from you. So I think it is a very risky down and it's one you have to think about, especially in terms of where you are in the game. It might be the best thing for you to run the ball, get some yardage and line up and punt the ball, or maybe throw some things underneath where they might be open, potentially look for a guy to get something on a, a run and catch. But ideally, you stay out of those situations, though they're going to happen maybe a couple times over the course of the game. You have to have that plan for them. From there, I go to, into the third and long section. Third and long to me is going to be anything that is seven yards up to that extra long section was going to be over 10 Within this area, I'm definitely looking at what I have within our drop-back game plan that can apply and can get us the ball either on a throw and catch or on something that is going to get a player open in a zone and allow him to potentially get the run after catch to get the distance. So again, not a situation I would like to be in that much. I'd rather be in those third mediums or third and shorts. But you do end up in this situation a lot more than those third and extra long. So you do have to have a plan for it. Moving on from there, I like to think of the next section, which is the third medium. And to me, this is the bigger part of our game plan as far as the number of plays we're going to plan in this area. And I definitely want to look for that carryover and that synergy so that things we're practicing over the course of the week and getting good at, we can apply in this third and medium situation. Much of the playbook begins to come open in, in this section here. Uh, I think it's a section where you can get a lot of this with that run after catch because most of the time you're going to throw the ball maybe for five yards or a little bit longer and have that guy catch the ball and be able to get forward for a couple more. In this section, though, I think you still want to maintain the timing. I've heard coaches, or I, th I think I hear fans say it more, and they don't understand why aren't, we, why aren't we running our routes past the sticks. Well, a lot of this is calibrated to be on a specific timing. I'll use our stick route, for example, and I think back to a game we had in 2009 where we call the play on, I think it was about a third and seven, slightly over this medium range, but we called our stick play, which our inside receiver 
who we're really focused on getting the ball to in this case is running what we call the four, five, six out. So on four yard at four yards, he's rolling into basically five and leveling that out at six and catching the ball. And most times he's going to catch the ball and at least fall forward for that yard or two more. Well, in this particular case, he kind of went to that fan mentality, something we didn't coach. Maybe we needed to coach the other side of this better where we told him we need this to be strict. And he ran his route a little bit longer. It actually messed up the window for the quarterback. He was just off on that, and it was an incomplete pass. And we showed it to him on film after the game. He explained he was trying to get the distance on the catch. So he essentially messed up the timing and the window for the quarterback, and we were off just enough where we had that incompletion. I went back and and pulled some video of him running those exact same routes like he was supposed to. And on every single one of those, the least amount of yards he got after a catch was one yard. So it was something that with 90% or higher of of catches on that particular pass, we were going to be able to get that distance necessary. And in this case, I am slightly out of that medium range and talking about the third and seven. But the point being that we don't always have to think of throws being over a certain yardage to get that down a distance. At some time, we create that space that allows that, that guy catching the ball a majority of the time to catch it and get forward for the yardage that's needed. Um, so within this area, I do like to think about some of our play action, especially as we get closer to the four-yard range and the third medium being essentially from four to six yards. And so we have a lot of our game plan available within the quick game Right now, a lot of that would probably be in the RPO section of a game plan, as well as three-step part of the game. And and those are higher percentage passes. Now, you have to evaluate what you're going to see in this section, understand maybe what your opponent is going to do. But here, again, I think much of your playbook is open here, as well as looking at some runs to get the distance as well. As you get into that third and short range, where you are looking at uh, less than one yard all the way up to potentially three yards, You can put more of a focus in there on the run game, potentially some of your counters, maybe something like a pin and pull. Sometimes your downhill stuff, depending on what kind of formation you're using. I do think as you start to pack it in, the the ability to get that yardage maybe inside becomes a little bit tougher, and that's maybe where you look at some counters or potentially some plays that go to the outside like stretch or pin and pull that can get you some of the distance with those lanes that open up. Um, But certainly, you look at stretch or some of those other things, there is the potential for that lost yardage play as well. So you do have to handle penetration. Um, But again, you want to think about what is the defense's mentality in those situations? What are they going to do? What have you seen on film? And I think for us, the game planning process always began with breaking up those sections into playlists. So we would want to see all of our third and shorts. We'd want to take a look at what was the opponent seeing in those situations. Did we have similar formations where we could begin to understand what they would do against us? Uh, Those were always key and critical things for us in evaluating uh, the third and shorts. Then we move into the third mediums. And again, how many of those do you see? Typically, you're going to see a lot more of those on film than you will the third and shorts or the third and longs. And I think within those situations, then you can really get a beat on what they're trying to do and what they might do against your certain formations and against your certain concepts. Having all that information is is definitely arming you to put together a game plan that's going to work well and move the chains. Third and long, like I said, becomes something that's a little bit tougher. You typically don't see as many third and long plays on film as you might the third and mediums. And then you have to kind of match up what are your best concepts in there. And I think timing 
and your player's ability to execute those is critical. So trying to put some new plays in there that might attack a different coverage that they have might not be very fruitful. I've said throughout the season, I've talked about the cumulative effect of, of reps and how important it is for your players to have that timing and understanding that repetitions give them. I think in, in that this case here, if you start to add some new things that you feel, okay, this is going to be a throw and catch that can get the, the first down in these longer yardage situations, you might not be as good as trying to hit something in the seam, for example, on four verts or maybe a comeback on the outside or even something that checks the ball to a back and allows him to do something with the ball in space. I had a, a coach a long time ago tell me that the good thing about putting your tailback into routes is once he catches that ball, he's a tailback in space now, and those guys can be pretty dangerous. So certainly you want to think about your playmakers and how do you get them the ball. You want to think about what the defense is going to do in those situations and then begin to formulate your plan. Let's get into some of the specifics now that we understand some general principles for those different areas and here's what I would do to put together a game plan and practice and again I don't think anything I'm doing is is much different than what a lot of people do but I do believe that this is something you have to be very organized with both when you're putting it together and when you're putting it out on the practice field with your players. So let's go back through and talk about how we're going to game plan this, how many plays we're going to plan in each section as well as how we might address these in practice. We'll go back to the section where we call third and extra long. And I can't remember what I mentioned this before in the podcast, but for us, it is 10 yards or more to go. So third and extra long, we're going to look essentially for one pass in this area and one run. Within here, I think there has to be a lot of communication when we get into these situations with the head coach as to how we want to play those. Some of that can take place throughout the course of the week or prior to going into your game where you have an understanding of what he might be looking for as he's looking at an overall game plan and managing clock or managing score, things like that. So if it's a tighter game, maybe you're up a little bit, the coach, head coach might decide that he wants you to play that conservatively, which would mean you might look into something that is thrown underneath. Maybe you go into your third medium section of the game plan and call one of those plays, hoping that it might hit. Maybe you go to a base run, hoping that they might be dropping back in coverage and you could pick that up. But screens and draws certainly work here. Have some of those in mind for this section of the game plan as well. But essentially, we're putting together one play, one pass play that can get that distance as well as looking at potentially some disguise for that if we have to go back to our third and extra long pass more than once. Throughout the course of the week, we're going to work this basically in our number two practice of the week and our third practice of the week. We'll put those both into the seven and on seven as well as team periods. And again, it's usually going to get maybe three to four reps over the course of each day that we will work that particular pass. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Moving on from there, we go into our third and long section of the game plan, which is seven to nine yards to go. In general, these are going to be passes that have some type of intermediate route, which is going to pick up the first down on a throw and catch or some kind of underneath route, which can pick up the distance on a catch and run. Those catch and runs become effective if you get some type of man coverage and you could get a guy who is a good matchup running away from another player underneath. Some of your shallows, drags, drives, those type of routes work very well in this situation. In general, we're going to put together two of those, two of those third and long passes, seven and nine passes that can pick up the distance with the catch. And again, we might look to other sections of our game plan if we want to play it a little bit more conservatively. So there's a flow between this, a continuum, really based on how do you want to play that third down? What does that time of the game dictate? Do you need to play it a little bit more conservatively, knowing you might be up by a couple scores and that you can line up and punt the ball downfield? Or is it a time where you do need to attack and try to get that distance necessary to keep the drive going? In addition, you might break up those situations. The head coach might let you know, hey, you have two downs to get this, which would put you essentially into another section of your game plan and allowing you either to work a third medium or go back to some base concepts that you can work in that situation as well, knowing that you have a fourth down to pick things up. Third medium, I think, is, as I said before, the biggest part of the game plan. And within this section, we would always carry basically four passes specifically prescribed to this area. Now, we would know that a lot of our game plan, whether that might be an RPO or quick game or even some play action, could apply here. We know that some run game can apply here as well. Uh, In looking at the run game, we kind of would identify, okay, if we do get in a third medium, what type of blitzes are they bringing? Where are the opportunities? How can we pick those up and cause, cause them to basically open up running lanes by blocking a certain gap or a certain pressure, a certain way to open up that gap. But knowing that, again, we're going to work for those within this section of the game plan. Again, looking for that carryover from other sections and seeing if this is something we want to disguise in this area. And potentially, you know, as you look at personnel, you might want to personnel some things up different as well, maybe to get some guys running underneath routes who are a little bit faster than your guys who are in the base package or or whatever you might have there. Third and short is the next section of the game plan that we would look at. And third and short, again, are going to be our best runs. In a lot of ways, I would look at that similar to how we might look at our our goal line defense in that situation. So we're against the goal line defense in that situation. How would we want to attack that? Where would we want to go with the football? We're going to pick our best run concepts. We're going to try to get downhill. And ideally, we're running behind what we feel are our best linemen. So Let's say that might be the left side of our line. Well, then we might put that run over there and favor that run to the left a little bit more and try to formation them. If we do end up, for example, in the left hash, formation them that maybe they go heavier with their personnel to the other side of the formation to allow us some advantages there. And we do look at run sections of our game plan, as I mentioned. I think the run sections, we're going to plan those and utilize those within our team periods. Obviously, we really don't get into third and long runs in our inside run periods as much. We might work some of those base concepts, but thinking of it as a situational part, we're going to work that in team again in practice two and practice three. In this area, maybe we are looking at our draws a little bit more, 
We might look, for example, at runs that attack a certain type of pressure. I know one we would like to attack with speed option is if they were bringing pressure weak and we would basically collect everything and block that or leave that last man unblocked and try to speed option off of him, attack him, essentially forcing the pitch and getting it to our tailback outside. Now, that's something I only recommend if you run that and practice that often because while that seems like a simple thing to do, it's all about the execution of that play. The last part of this is really how I organize the information for myself on game day. And I will note in my game plan at times that I'm thinking about this certain type of run or this certain type of, of concept for those situations. But for the most part, I do want to plan those passes that are going to get the distance. And I can make that decision between run and pass. And again, considering the overall, the overall circumstances in the game, what we want to do in that situation. But basically what you'll see there in my game plan is that I have each passing section organized so that I know here's the passes I want to work. As I mentioned before, we're going to work these in practice two over the course of the week. So our, our first practice, our first padded practice of the week, as the season goes on, that would go to shells. We would just work the base part of our game plan. So that was uh, basically uh, our base runs, our quick game, play action, and then our base drop back passes. So passes that we might call on first or second down. Now, I really would want to carry as many of those over to different sections of our game plan, especially third down. So we would get some work for those there, but not necessarily put them in that uh, situational focus. The second practice of the week would focus on red zone, goal line, and then third downs. And specifically, when we would get into our seven-on-seven period, we would split that between red zones and then third downs in the open field. As I mentioned in a previous episode, we would have third down sections for the red zone and things we were considering there as the vertical distance was decreasing. But we would also then have open field concepts, and we would separate those two things between one one half of that seven-on-seven period being focused on the third down open field sections and the other one being focused on the red zone sections. Now, I would highly suggest that you bring the chains out anytime you go situational. I don't think it maybe is necessary in that first padded practice of the week when you're working base, but I definitely think it's necessary as you work your situational stuff and that your players understand what you're using in certain situations and what you're trying to do. From there in practice, three is more of a simulated drives in that practice. So we would put together the game plan that we put in in sections on day one and day two. So we would simulate drives down the field, starting for the most part in the open field and work our way all the way to the end zone, giving them different scenarios. We wouldn't necessarily always spot the ball where it landed. We would kind of control that situation and move them to different parts of the field so we could work different sections of our game plan. And we would always practice with one series where we would have to come out of the end zone and we work those certain things there. Then the last day of our practice week is going to be that walkthrough. Uh, a lot of teams just wear helmets on this day. It's a little bit lighter on the legs. We certainly would use that format as well. Uh, what we really like to practice when we were going into that day, we want to keep it as brief as possible. We would script all the plays we want to run. If we felt good about our base stuff, we weren't going to touch it again. But we would always work a section of what we called first. So at least in our thoughts and in in going into that particular game, what's going to be our first third and extra long? And we only have one plan, so we would work that. 
what, which one of those two that we planned for the long yardage passes would be our first, and then the same thing for the medium area. And we might work maybe work a couple more in the medium because we're going to see that more. But we want our players to know this is what we're going to the first time we see this situation, and we, we certainly would want to assess their familiarity with it. But for the most part, we're not going to have any changes to the game plan in that part of the week. We'd feel fairly confident in what we're doing. And like I said before, we're trying to carry over some of our best stuff and not create new things that are attacking maybe different coverages than we might see. We're trying to work within the framework of the things that we have and be efficient and effective with those concepts. So there you have it. That is my overview and a page out of my notebook on how to plan for open field third downs. Again, I, I would thank a lot of guys who contributed to me learning this. Thinking back through, that's Nick Restifo at St. Ignatius. That's Stan Parrish, former head football coach. Last one was at Ball State University. Also was at Michigan and with the Tampa Bay Bucks and won a Super Bowl ring there. Another guy who really has contributed to the offensive thought process for me would be Dan Gonzalez, Andrew Coverdale, two friends of mine, as well as Russ Jakes, who is a retired coach in the area here in the Northeast Ohio area, was also the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. I think those guys formed a lot of what I've learned about coaching the game and certainly applying situational football. So I want to thank those guys and give them a shout out in this podcast. And uh, I hope we offered some things here that can help you on third down as you move into some critical parts of the season where you're playing for a conference championship or in the playoffs. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes to our Offensive Coordinator Masterclass on CoachTube. We have a link there which will get you 50% off. In this course, I break down the entire process of coordinating into a 6P process, which stands for planning, personnel, placements, in other words, formation and motion, plays, procedures, and performance. I share all the tools for doing the job and include perspectives from successful offensive coordinators, many of who you've heard from on this podcast. Go to coachingcoordinator.com for our enhanced show notes, links to important resources, PDFs, in some cases video. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, which will give you the best tips from the previous week. And follow us on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.